Next week, we'll celebrate the Feast of Christ the King, which is the end of our year, our liturgical year, which is the end of time uh, as we're reflecting. And so our readings these last several weekends have been about the end of time. And I think it's very good for us to get over our fear of talking about it or admitting that it's all going to happen. All of us will die. And we need not be afraid of that. Well, maybe we should. It all depends on where we're at with our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Today he's speaking, and if you recall where we're at, he's come from Galilee, and now he's in Jerusalem, which he said he was going to do to die. And he's in the temple area, and he's been teaching. Last week, you might recall, the scribes and Pharisees talked about, you know, uh, the seven brothers that had a wife and they all died, and it's because they didn't believe in resurrection. So they're trying to trip him up, catch him off guard, trying to use Moses' law against him, and he quoted Moses to put them back in their place. They think they know scripture. But they really don't. And we see this all the time, even today. People just pulling out Scripture and saying, look. Well, you know, you, you can take anything out of context, but you're doing an injustice to the author. You're going to do an injustice to yourself, and certainly it's an offense to God, because that's not the reason for our Scriptures to beat each other over the head with, but rather so that we can understand the mystery of God how God operates, and we see that over time. He's very gentle and very slow and always pursuing us because we're always running from him. And so he's in the temple area, and they're trying to trick him, trip him up. The little old lady with the coin comes in and throws it in. This was right before today's gospel, and, you know, he's saying she gave more than everyone else because she knows who God is. She's not relying on herself and her wealth. And now we come to here. You know, the temple area is probably the most iconic image of Israel, isn't it? I mean, whenever the news, Israel's on the news, it's always the wailing wall, the western wall, the western part of the temple area, the wailing because the Jews are still crying over its destruction. And Jesus was right. Not a stone was left. That wall that's there now is not the original, of course. It's simply the retaining wall. But it still is a very sacred place. And we know Jesus would have been up on that mountain and in that area. So it is powerful. And we see our popes go there periodically. And all of our pilgrims go there, of course. And the Jews are always there. The men on one side, women on the other. And back and forth. And it's not because they, you know, uh, feel the need to move as much as it is they feel the need to focus. We're going to start doing this here because our people have problems focusing. Lots of us want the little widgets because we're attention deficit. They're very wise. They know the importance of prayer and that you have to do anything you can to keep the focus. Even if it makes you look silly or foolish, they'll do it. Because it's all about speaking with the Lord. And so it's a fantastic area. 
And the more and more they do excavations, they're uncovering more and more of the original. And, you know, they've got the, all the area that where the traders would have been, you know, when Jesus turned over the, the marketplace, they, the, the, the area they were supposed to be in, but they slowly moved over and kicked the, the Gentiles out, which is what Jesus was rebelling against when he was turning over the tables because they had a proper place, but they were moving in. They wanted to be the first for the pilgrims who would come in and purchase the animal. And you know, location is everything. So you push the Gentiles out, you got the best location, you're going to get the most money. That's what Jesus was rebelling against. They kicked the, Jew, the Gentiles out of their proper place for worship. And he was restoring it. That we all have a place. And so today he gives us his beautiful image of the end times. Not the end times in the literal sense, because we know he told us. The day and the hour, I don't even know. Only the Father knows. So don't go home with your calendar and calculator and try and figure it out. It's a waste of time. Rather, live each day as if this was it. And that's what the second reading is all about, too. Mind your own business. Well, no one else goes to church on Sunday morning. Why should I? The neighbors aren't doing it anymore. The culture's changed. That's nice for the neighbors. You worry about your own soul. Or, as we're reflecting on death, especially this month, the all saints, all souls, how important it is for us to have a right understanding of resurrection, which Jesus corrected last week. The popular notions today, everyone's going to heaven, whether they want to or not. <laughs> Respect people's choice. It's okay. It's okay. We can be different and have differences of opinions. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And we respect you and whatever you're doing over there. We may not agree with it. We may not be coming over to do what you do, but we'll respect it because you're a human being made in the image and likeness of God with a free will and an intellect. Whether you're using it or not, I don't know. But, you know, that's God's business, not ours. And Jesus said, they'll be like angels, but that's the other thing today is, you know, oh, you have an angel in heaven when someone dies. No, you don't. You have a human in heaven. An angel is its own species. Humans are its own. We're going to have a body. Jesus showed us that in the resurrection. It's going to be glorified, more buff than this one is currently. It's going to be incredible. I can't wait. So Jesus, why is it important to have a right understanding of resurrection? Because as Catholics, we know spiritual work of mercy, corporal work of mercy is burying the dead, taking care of the dead. And part of that is interceding on their behalf. Every time we go past a cemetery, we should be saying a prayer for them. May the souls of the faithful depart of the mercy of God rest in peace. Why? Because we're a mystical body, and the body is all one. They're not over there, and we're not over here. In God's mind, we are one, and we need each other's prayers and support. Just as we do as we're making our way through this life, so too as we're waiting for that final judgment 
And some of us will still be clinging to the things of this world or to ourself or our own ideas. And our prayers slowly help the persons to let go and to open themselves more fully to Almighty God. But if we have a misunderstanding of resurrection and death, we're not going to pray for them. I'm telling you, when I die, you people better be praying. You know, that has nothing to do, none of this had to do with the homily. The homily is all about giving testimony. One sentence out of today's gospel. When you come against your tribulation, that's what the Lord is talking about today. Because by the time Luke wrote this, all of this has already happened. The temple's been destroyed. And the temple was the center of the universe for these people. Because that's where God dwelt. And that was where the encounter took place. It's an image. So Jesus is telling us that before all this happens, they're going to seize you and persecute you. Hand you over to the synagogues and to prisons. You'll be hated by all, even father, mother, sister, brother, because of the choices you will make, which are different than worldly choices, because you're his. You've been paid for by a price. And it will lead to your giving testimony. What will your testimony be? That's really what the thought should be for the week. What testimony will I leave when I finally am in my, my trial? And that trial is many things, isn't it? Loss of a job, uh, relationships that break up and, and throw you into a spin, a death of a loved one or a friend or your own uh, illnesses of whatever variety. The challenges and struggles, what witness are you giving? Friends, if we can't even do the basics of Christianity, attending church, tithing, praying for the dead, if we can't even do that, What's it going to be like when someone's knocking on your door with a pistol in their face saying, renounce your faith? Oh, it'll never happen here. Right. Hang on. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us think about the testimony we want to leave to the rest of the world. Will it be that we believe in what Jesus has revealed to us? His infinite, unconditional love? His call to repentance and conversion. His invitation for us to be a light in a dark world, to be salt and to hold on to the good and get rid of the bad. Will our testimony be humans taking care of humans, regardless of, of belief system, thoughts, or anything else? Will he see that we understand the dignity of the human person and how we deal with one another? Let's pray that our testimony will be a light to our world as he has asked us to be.